On this special Easter Sunday, uh, I want to think about the resurrection in particular uh, and think about the resurrection assurances that we find this afternoon. Job chapter 14, uh, we're going to read from Job chapter 14, uh, just one verse I want to leave with you here this afternoon. Job chapter 14 and verse number 14, please. And Job asks a question, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change cometh. Let's read it again. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. And we trust that God will bless the public reading of his own precious, infallible, and earned, and inspired word. There used to be a... a a website that was called The Impossible Quiz. I never looked it up. I never tried it. But apparently uh, it gives you 20 questions. When you answer one, you get another one. Uh, and apparently only the best and brightest could, could answer all the questions. Indeed, uh, they would say it's very, very difficult to get all 20 questions. They would have claimed that no one ever got them all right. Job asks a very difficult question. A very difficult question in some senses, if you just look at the world and, and try and find answers in the world, it's a, a question that you'll probably struggle to find any answers. If a man die, shall he live again? And yet when you come to the Word of God, it's not a difficult question to answer. Because the Word of God makes it very, very clear that there is life after death. That death is not the end. And so it's not a difficult question when you come to the Word of God. Some people don't want to face up to this question. Some people fear to think about the subject of death. It's not one that you would want to bring up when someone's visiting. It's not one that you would suggest as conversation if you're, if you're looking for some crack, if I can use that word. Uh, but really, this is a subject that many people want to avoid. William Randolph Hearst, the newspaper magnate, he, he was so afraid of death, he refused to let it be mentioned in his subject. Indeed, in those days, if someone brought it up, they could well have been fired. Yet when he died, the newspaper, newspaper published the headline about his death. He didn't want to face up to death, and yet the reality is he died like every man upon this planet will. Job brings this question before us. If a man die, shall he live alone? Now, the word if is not put there as if there's some doubt. Indeed, we, we could say it like this. Since men die. And that's something that's definite. There's no doubt about it. I'm sure you don't need me to convince you of that today. If you go along to the hospitals and get to the emergency wards, there's there's people dying there continually. If you watch the news and see what's going on, particularly in Ukraine at the moment, well, people are being slaughtered there. And you can see death everywhere. If you go into the nursing homes, you know that there are many people there. And really, that's the final stage of the journey of life. And, and of course, it's true for all of us because none of us know what a day may bring forth. The Bible is very clear. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Uh, David said in 1 Samuel 20 verse 3, there is but a step between me and death. We're only ever a step 
from death. We're only one heartbeat from death. First Samuel 25 verse 37, a man called Nabal, it says his heart died within him. We're only one breath away from eternity. Daniel reminds us in Daniel 5, speaking about God and whose hand thy breath is. If God chooses in his divine wisdom to withhold our next breath, then we leave this scene of time. Death is all around it. If death were the end, what a miserable existence we would have. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If death is not the end, then what next for you? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ answers Job's question. If a man die, shall he live again? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, though he may be dead physically, yet he shall live. And indeed he shall live for all eternity. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. There's no doubt here in the mind of the Apostle Paul. Christ is the firstfruits. What does it mean by being the firstfruits of them that slept? Well, he's not the first one to rise from the dead. We know that Lazarus would rise from the dead. We know that Jairus' daughter, she uh, come back from the dead. We know there's a story in the Bible about the widow of Nain. Her son also was raised back to life. And so Jesus wouldn't be the first one uh, to, to rise again. But Jesus Christ would rise never to die. All the other ones who were resurrected, all would face death again in the future. But the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. His resurrection is the first fruits. In the Old Testament, uh, when the, the barley harvest or wheat harvest was ready, uh, what they used to do is they used to cut down a sheaf of grain, uh, and they would bring it and they would have an offering. Indeed, in Leviticus 23, we're told that they would offer it on the morrow after the Sabbath. You will know that the Jewish Sabbath was on a Saturday. Therefore, on the Sunday, this first sheaf would be offered. This was a promise of more to come. This was a promise that, that the harvest would follow. And it's the same with Jesus Christ. When he rose from the dead, remember, he rose on the morrow after the Sabbath. He rose on the first day of the week. He rose on the Sabbath, on the Lord's day. And because he rose from the dead, it's a promise that more will follow. That's our guarantee that we will rise again. That's our guarantee that even though we be dead, yet shall we live. Paul again said, but every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards them that are Christ at his coming. And so when that sheaf was presented, it was accepted by God as a guarantee of the future harvest. When Christ rose from the dead, it was God accepting his work in that center cross. And because that work has been accepted, you and I as sinners, if we repent of our sin, if we come to Christ and believe him and trust him as our Savior, Paul says we will be accepted in the beloved. We too 
will rise again. If we die, we will rise again and we will have those new resurrection bodies. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 49, As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. In 1 John 3 verse 3 it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We will be like Christ. We will have new bodies, and we will spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. This question of Job's is answered by the resurrection. If a man dies, shall he live again? The answer from the word of God is yes, death is not the end. Resurrection answers Job's question. Resurrection gives us a wonderful assurance. Paul, writing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, said this, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. He's talking about our loved ones who have died, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Paul gets to the resurrection again. Even so them also would sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. Two groups are mentioned here I want to highlight. There are those who sleep in Jesus, those who have died in Christ. And then there are those who are alive and remain. And those who have died in Christ. Paul will tell us what's going to happen And he wants to comfort those who are alive and remain. Those who have lost loved ones. Those whose loved ones have died and they were saved. And Paul wants to give you assurance. Paul wants to give you hope. He's saying your loved one is alive. That's what Jesus meant when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Die. Do you remember the story of, of Lazarus and Martha and Mary? Uh, you'll remember how that Lazarus died and Martha said unto the Lord, If thou hadst been here, my brother hadn't died. Jesus said unto her in John eleven twenty three, Thy brother shall rise again. What a wonderful message. What a wonderful hope the Lord Jesus Christ brought to a, to a sister whose, whose brother had died. To know a loved one is saved. To know that that loved one will live again. Martha in her limited understanding said, I I know he shall rise again in the resurrection day. And this is when the Lord Jesus Christ explained that he was the resurrection and the life. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me. Martha was into doctrine. But the Lord Jesus said, this is about a person. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ. This is about your relationship with. With the Lord Jesus Christ. He that believeth in me. Though he were dead. Yet shall he live. That moment you believe in Christ. You can have eternal life. Do you remember the thief on the cross? Do you remember he looked into the eyes of the Lord Jesus. And said Lord remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him. Verily I say unto you today. Shalt thou be with me in paradise. Oh yes. For those who have died in Christ. Uh, And maybe some of you long for that day. And you can remember saying goodbye to someone you loved so much. uh, And they knew the Lord and they loved the Lord. And Paul is saying to you on Resurrection Sunday. That they're very much alive. They're very much alive. And listen. They're not alone. 
Here's what he said, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. The Lord's going to bring them with him. That tells me where Christ is now, they are. Paul again writing in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8 said this, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The psalmist said, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, we have a, we have a blessing here this afternoon. The Lord Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, uh, there am I in the midst of them. We have his presence here today. But those who have died in Christ are in his presence at this very moment. They are with Christ. And Paul tells us to be with Christ is far, far better. How is it far better? Well, you know, I just sat down and I thought about Christ on the cross. And the Lord Jesus Christ, when he cried, it is finished, he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. He had stepped into death willingly, voluntarily. He gave himself over to death because sin had no grip on him. He was made sin for us, even though he knew no sin. But think about what Christ had been through. You know, he went through three religious trials. He was taken to Annas. He was taken to Caiaphas. And then in the morning, he, he was brought before the mighty Sanhedrin. He was up all night. And then the Sanhedrin, they sent him to Pontius Pilate. Pilate tried to speak to Christ. And when he heard he was from Galilee, he sent him to Herod. Herod couldn't get Christ to answer him because he had silenced the voice of John the Baptist and God had nothing more to say to him. That's a dangerous position to be in. And so Christ is sent back to Pilate. Then Pilate tried to offer Barabbas as some sort of a deal, hoping that he could get his hands clear of Christ. But they said, not this man, but Barabbas. They chose a, a murderer and a thief rather than the Son of God, the sinless, spotless Son of God. Pilate then tried brutality. He sent them to be scourged and there he was stripped and beaten and battered and bruised. There they mocked him. Do you remember how they took the, the purple robe and put it upon him and a crown of thorns? And, and Pilate hoped that somehow when they would see the bloodied and battered and beaten body of Christ, that somehow they would give up on crucifixion. But not a bit of them. They cried away with him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Remember, he'd been up all night. He'd been through all the trials. He'd, he'd suffered being spat upon, being slapped upon. His head being crowned with thorns. He, he had suffered the scourging. And then they took him and nailed him to a cross. And there on that cross, he, he was hanging between heaven and earth. And still they reeled in him. Still they mocked him. But there the greatest pain that he would suffer is the pain when he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He could say in lamentation, See if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow. And Christ died for your sin and mine. But listen, when he gave up the ghost, the pain was over. No more sorrow. No more pain. Man would never put his hand on Christ to do anything evil to him again. For him, all sorrow was over. And listen, dear child of God, that moment we close our eyes in death 
and we open them in glory. My, we're going to a place where there's no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more separation. Never again will we have to sit down and a doctor to tell us the news is not good. Never again will we have things like chemotherapy and radiography and things that people have had to face. Many, many serious things. Never again will we get that phone call to tell us that a loved one has left this scene of time. Never again will our hearts be broken. And that's why Paul says to be with Christ is far, far better. And that's why in this Resurrection Sunday, how it lifts her heart, how it encourages her heart. And as we look at Christ, we see that perfect example. No more suffering, no more sorrow, no more separation. Your loved one, if they've died in Christ, Easter tells us, Resurrection tells us that they're alive. And they're not alone, they're with Christ, which is far better. But you know, Paul not only talked about those who have died in Christ. He talked about those who are alive and remain. What about us? Well, Paul says, We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You know, we have a lovely picture of this. You remember how Lazarus came out of the grave? And you'll remember then in John chapter 12, you discover uh, that Lazarus is there. You discover that Mary's there, Martha's there, and the Lord Jesus Christ is there. uh, And they're sitting at the table. You know, it's a a lovely picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb. You, You see, when Jesus Christ comes back, if we have never gone by the way of death, we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. How do we know? Because he's alive. And there we're going to be reunited with our loved ones who have died and gone to be with Christ. And then we'll eventually come to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh, it's great to be saved this afternoon. That's why we rejoice in a risen Savior here this afternoon. You see, your loved one is alive. Your loved one is not alone. We who are saved, we have great anticipation. And that's why Paul says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What a comfort we can get from the word of God. What a comfort. How can we take this comfort? Let me read again what Paul said. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again. It all goes back to the resurrection. Because he's alive. He has defeated death. He has taken the sting out of death. And if you know and love Christ. You have this blessed anticipation. And you can trust in his ability. He has conquered death for you. If a man die, shall he live again? Resurrection has the answer, yes. Resurrection gives the assurance for every child of God here this afternoon. But listen, resurrection needs to make you aware of something. Because there's another group here in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, That's those who have died in Christ. That ye sorrow not, even as others. Who's this other group? Here's how Paul describes them. Which have no hope. No hope. Isn't it so sad? Here on another Easter Sunday, 2022. That we could have someone here. Listening to me on the car radio. And even though you've went through many, many Easter's and you know in your heart that Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose again, 
You believe in your heart that there's a Savior who is alive, and yet you've never come to that place where you've acknowledged your sin, you've repented of your sin, and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, trusting not in yourself, but trusting in that finished work that we've been talking about. Paul says, you have no hope. Ephesians 2 verse 12, that at a time ye were without Christ. And here's what he says about those that are without Christ. Having no hope and without God, in this world. What a position to be in. What an awful predicament for you this afternoon. You know in Revelation 20 John says blessed and holy is he that is part in the first resurrection. That's all the believed. All the redeemed of all ages have part in the first resurrection. If there's a first there must be a second. Do you know what happens at the second one? We're told that the, the, the dead will all be raised. That's those who have died without Christ, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You see, when a believer dies, yes, their body goes to their grave, but their soul goes to heaven. When Jesus Christ comes back, that body and soul will be united, and they'll be in glory. When someone dies without Christ, yes, their body goes to the grave. Their soul will go to hell. And when Jesus Christ comes on that resurrection day, the, the, the body and soul will be reunited of the unbeliever. In Revelation 20, we read about it, the second resurrection. And you know, it says that they'll be cast into hell for all eternity. That's the second death. You see, if you're born once, you're going to die twice. But listen, if you're born again, if you're born twice, you'll only die once. That's why you need to be saved. That's why you need to have Christ as your Savior. Paul says, because He, the Lord Jesus, hath appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He hath ordained, whereof He hath given assurance unto all men, in that He raised Him from the dead. Because Christ is alive, he will not come as a saviour for you. One day you're going to face him as a judge at that great white throne judgment. And if you've lived without Christ and you've died without Christ, sadly you'll be lost in hell for all eternity. Out of Christ, without a saviour, dark will the voyage be. Guards will, clouds will gather, storms surround you. Oh, to Christ for refuge flee. Oh, to be without a Savior, with no hope nor refuge die. Can it be? Can it be? Can it be? Oh, blessed Savior, one in Rathfrailand dares to die. Dare you to die without Christ? Oh, I would rather sing on the happy golden shore where the faithful part no more. When the storms are life or o'er, meet me there. Where the night dissolves away into pure and perfect way, I am going home to stay. Meet me there. Oh, meet me there. I remember 
as a young lad listening to a preacher one night, a man that I held dearly, I was still without Christ. He, he was leaving the church that I was in and I, I feared what would happen when he would leave. And I remember his words, he said, listen, you may not see me again, but please, whatever you do, meet me in heaven. Meet me in heaven. At that moment, I knew I wouldn't meet him in heaven. But very shortly after that, I got saved by the grace of God. And I have that wonderful hope in my heart. And because I have a risen Savior, I know one day I'm going to be in God's heaven. What about you this afternoon? Which group are you in? Are you, will, will you be with those who are alive and remain, who love the Lord when Christ comes back? Will you be one who dies in Christ? It doesn't really make any difference there. They're both going home to glory. Or will you be in the no hope camp? Will you be a hopeless case when it comes to salvation? If a man die, shall he live again? The resurrection gives us the answer. The resurrection of Jesus gives us that assurance for every believer. You're going to see your loved ones again in glory. The resurrection makes you aware, if you're not saved, that you have no hope. But thank God you can have hope in Christ. I was reading, and I've read this quite a number of times. Uh, some people, these are people who are very wealthy. Uh, and when they die, they've asked that their body will be frozen, hoping that a cure for death can be found. Ho hoping that someday someone will, will find a way to cure all the world's diseases and that somehow they can be thawed out. And I don't know how they think this would work. Apparently they pay to do that and they're foolish enough to part with their money, hoping they can be thawed out and somehow brought back to life. As one preacher said, I would rather be the Lord's chosen than the devil's frozen. Because that's all that that is. Listen, you don't need to be frozen and kept until science has an answer that they'll never find. Here's the answer for you this afternoon. The answer for eternal life is found in the person of Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He that believeth hath everlasting life. I can't make it any simpler. But I would encourage you. I would encourage you on this Easter Sunday. It may be raining. It may be wet. It may be miserable. Oh, but what a glorious day this would be. If you were to come and take Christ as your Savior. Let's bow in a moment's prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of the gospel. We thank you, Lord, for this season of the year when we are reminded that Jesus Christ is alive, that he has defeated death, he has taken the sting out of death, he has taken the victory away from the grave. And Lord, for every believer here this afternoon, we can shout hallelujah, what a Savior. But Lord, we know there may be some within our hearing and Lord, they're still in the hopeless crowd. They have never taken hold of this hope. Lord, we pray that you will speak to them. We pray, Lord, that by grace they will be saved and they'll know the truth of Christ being in them, the hope of glory. And Lord, even in this 
Easter Sunday afternoon, they would put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, will you move in hearts and save precious souls? For it's in our Savior.